Welcome to Searching for the Question Live. Uh, uh, today's episode is about uh, the commons and about peer-to-peer -peer social structures, technologies, economies. And uh, our guest, uh, Michelle Bowens, is not here yet. So um, obviously, we will welcome him if he can join a little bit later. And if he can't, we will reschedule with him. And in the meantime, I will both uh, be happy to tell you what uh, I believe are some of the key questions around these topics, as well as uh, I want to do something different. I want to welcome any of you uh, to join live together with me. You only need an internet connection, which you already have, otherwise you wouldn't be following. You need uh, a, a camera, otherwise we won't see you, and a microphone. And uh, you are welcome to participate. I think this is uh, a perfect example of peer production, of uh, participatory, uh, proactive uh, creation. And um, as such, it is uh, perfectly aligned uh, uh, with uh, what we want to do. So. This is the URL, and uh, feel free to just show up. Uh, you will be in a staging area. I will uh, look at you. I will greet you while you are still off uh, screen, and then I will put you uh, in the in the, the screen, and and uh, and we will have a chat. Um, actually, uh, we may have even a a different kind of uh, URL available. You have to be a little bit patient because it is generic and I program it in order to uh, allow you to, to participate. So let me update the redirect and then I will be able to show you um, something that is less clumsy than what you are seeing on the screen now. And... Um, in a minute, I will be ready with that too. Um, the process of creating these uh, uh, short links uh, is uh, pretty straightforward. And uh, I am having a lot of fun uh, with them. And that is why I just remembered that I should be able to share the right one with you. Um, there you go. This is the access. Why don't I share the screen with you while I am doing it? So I have a lot of uh, different uh, kinds of uh, links. And this one, perfect. This is what we are looking for. So uh, the URL there is expired. So why don't we edit the URL? And then, and then I can paste the one that I just showed on the screen. And I update the link, I copy the code, and I show you this one. All right, so this is much more comfortable for you to use. And for those of you who have uh, just joined, uh, this is the opportunity that we have to talk about 
commons and uh, peer-to-peer technologies, platforms, in a manner that will absolutely not do justice to what uh, Michelle and I would have had a conversation about, but um, is, I hope, going to be engaging and entertaining nonetheless. Now, the, 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 the reason he is not joining is, I hope, uh, nothing uh, more than a little logistics uh, hiccup uh, because uh, he was very ambitious. Uh, he is in transit. He was in transit uh, from um, Belgium to Chiang Mai in Thailand. And uh, he was supposed to be landing a few hours ago so that he confirmed that it wouldn't be a problem joining at midnight local time to be on the show. And probably something didn't go exactly like planned, hopefully nothing more than just a delay uh, in getting off the plane or getting through customs and, and whatever else. So I am a, a great believer in uh, our ability to use technology in order to enhance uh, society and to give an increased set of freedoms that we can use. And some of my friends, especially in the US, who define themselves libertarians, would potentially look at the definition of uh, freedom, singular, as belonging to the individual in an unrestrained fashion. And they would say, well, as long as I don't exercise violence against someone else, then there should be no restriction on my freedoms. And especially, many of them would subscribe to the notion that the power of the markets is such that the solutions that the markets find through mutual agreements and trade and commerce and through other means are to be accepted. And those are the right solutions that we should all be happy with. And I don't believe they are right. They are wrong on many levels. And the classical definition of the tragedy of the commons is, I think, a pretty simple illustration of why they are wrong and why markets don't offer the optimal solutions that lead to thriving societies where the largest possible number of individuals have opportunities that they can start from in order to build their lives. The tragedy of the commons is typically defined as the pasture where a set of farmers can bring their animals, cows or sheep. But since the resource of the grass available is unattended, it's a common resource, 
it would appear, at least in the short term, that those who have their animals graze as much as possible so that they give more milk than others or they have a better wool than others would have some advantage. And in an unattended, unregulated situation, those people who look at that short-term advantage as something they don't want to give up or even worse they believe that if they are more generous more oriented towards the benefit of uh, uh, their larger community rather than just their animals and their family or whoever benefits from more milk or more wool from that limited set of animals well there may be somebody else that doesn't behave that way and there would be an abuse that occurs regardless so why shouldn't it be them before somebody else and by the way this is the classical prisoner's dilemma so whatever is the reasoning that the farmer follows or the set of farmers that go ahead to take their animals to graze to a degree that is excessive for the common resource of that grass to be able to regrow leading to potentially the depletion of the resource the grass in the example for everybody are going to damage not only everybody else but at the end they are going to damage themselves too because the grass is going to be gone the animals will be hungry and either they bring them to somewhere else where possibly they have to pay for the grazing rights rather than using uh, responsibly the common resource or the animals can't feed themselves and they will die the most dramatic example of the tragedy of the commons is uh, in Easter Island, where we are fairly sure that an entire local civilization went extinct, not because of external factors, but because they were unable to preserve the ecological balance of the island, especially the coverage of palm trees that was cut off, cut down for many reasons, including, we believe, uh, to help uh, in uh, the um, excavation and, uh, and the moving of the Maui, if that is how you say it, Mo Moai, one or the other, or a third version. Apologies if I didn't look it up beforehand. And with the trees disappearing from the island, they ended up damaging their civilization, damaging their ecosystem, 
support services to a point that it it was not recoverable anymore the disappearing of the trees led to the natural weather rain and wind to wash away the soil which meant that the trees couldn't regrow because there was no soil anymore topsoil fertile to make them grow without trees they couldn't build the boats that were necessary to go fishing and bring the nutrition and the sustenance necessary to themselves and to their families and probably many other interconnected ways through which the blind rituals and the fanatical races that led them to what they did represented a blind alley as well a dead end for the population that uh, went extinct there is a movie uh, from i think the 80s that wasn't bad i remember watching it with uh, fascination so let's see what google says about the movie um movie easter isle island uh, tragedy there you go it was already there uh the, the 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 name the name of the movie is rapa nui this is the movie right it wasn't bad i i would recommend you check it out uh 91 um i'm sorry 94 and the the point is absolutely relevant absolutely relevant if you want to discuss the point feel free to join just type it out click and join the live stream uh, that is not somebody i need to join it's somebody making a call sorry i am looking for what to be able to mute uh the notifications on this machine i tried everything well evidently not everything but i tried as much as i could and i wasn't able to do that and to achieve that um so i don't think it is very much of a mystery why this point of avoiding the tragedy of the commons is uh, is so important and we will we will look at that we will go there we will go back to what and why can be done but what i started with was a criticism towards the libertarian fallacy that markets can achieve solutions that must be respected at all costs that we should not second guess what the markets are telling us 
working out whatever balance of supply and demand they meet for many different kinds of products and services. Well, markets are short-sighted and the operators in the market are incentivized to conclude transactions without regard to some farther objective that can be worth the cost of renouncing to some local optimization that could appear better, but turns out it isn't, right? The farmers who are able to say, we could have more milk, a few of us, but if we did, all of us would lose. So we convince ourselves that it is better to have a little bit fewer milk, each of us, so that all of us can have milk from our cows grazing on a fertile and healthy grassland for the long term. And this is where the absolute value of individual freedom comes clashing with a more abstract understanding of how you integrate the benefit not only of a few individuals in a given time but of every individual across time you have to take into account the damage that you will create not only to the others but to yourself and to your descendants you have to take that into account as you interpret the value of your local and present actions. And even economists should be able to do that. Shouldn't be too hard. Economists have a concept that they call net present value. The net present value is the discount that you apply to a future benefit in order to take into account that achieving that has all kinds of costs connected with it. Most elementary is the cost of capital. In order to achieve that future value, you have to invest some capital today. That capital will earn some kind of interest either directly as an interest payment or indirectly as equity that you give up in whatever organization is aiming to achieve the future value. But also there can be other ways of uh, discounting that is uh, linked to opportunity cost. Whatever you decide to do, you are renouncing to doing something else and so on. Now, the net present value should be always put together with the net present 
cost or net present damage. And especially in an open and interconnected system where our traditional accounting and traditional boundaries that are put around a given society, community, or organization, legal entity, corporation, are not applicable anymore. If I build a, a chemical plant and I'm using uh, the water of a, a river nearby, which, by the way, I chose the place to build the plant rather because the water was there, the river was there, and I don't refrain from polluting the river because who cares? The water washes it away. Eventually, downstream, there will be some damage, but who knows who uh, polluted the river upstream? Nobody's going to come to check. Or even maybe I know what is the probability that within a given amount of time, somebody will check. And I just unscrupulously go ahead because I will shut the organization down and go a few tens or hundreds of kilometers away and repeat with another river, with another downstream community. And it doesn't matter because I stole the money disregarding the damage that I created. So under these circumstances, it is absolutely necessary for an evolved and enlightened society to impose limits on the individual freedoms of organization, action, enterprise, with an interpretation of what is the definition of violence and damage and destruction that is more adept in creating future value the not more restrictive definitions and more generous interpretations of what the absolute freedoms should be and should be respected. And these kinds of rules that society understands have to be imposed have to be evaluated as well. Are these rules appropriate? Are these rules beneficial? Are these rules in need of being re-evaluated and updated eventually because things have changed and the conditions under which those rules have been enacted don't apply anymore? And a lot of societies are inefficient enough through their centralized authoritarian bureaucracies to pretend that whatever process led them to adopting whatever rules is worthy of preserving by itself. They are ready to give up the future benefit of the investment in re-evaluating the rules because of their short-sighted short attachment and excessive level of 
respect for those rules, even though they might be disadvantages to an increasing degree as, as time goes by. So there is, in some sense, a, a, a meta-tragedy of the commons where some myopic force could not realize how to establish a dynamic that can lead to more adaptable societies than not those that found some balance at a given point and are content with that balance regardless of whether that still makes sense or not. I have no idea if Google feels that there is such a thing, let's see, as the meta-tragedy of the commons. Okay, look at that. I am so happy when I discover that what I think other people have already thought. So it looks like that people are indeed talking about the meta-tragedy of the commons, and I, I don't know, uh, because <laughs> ResearchGate told me that they cannot give me access because I'm not a researcher, and I'm not going to pay whatever Springer believes I should be paying for, for the article uh, on their website. Yeah, right? $70 or euro for the ebook and just $30 for a single chapter. Very generous. Very generous. But let's uh, read the abstract, which surprisingly is accessible. The object of this paper is to analyze the current race for the securitization of the Arctic region. The situation is presented as a case of meta-tragedy of the commons, as it embodies a tragedy within another tragedy. In other terms, the international race for the vast resources of the Arctic is serving as an obstacle to achieve a broad consensus to tackle down the unusually devastating impact of the global warming phenomenon on that fragile, distant, but globally essential ecosystem. Due to the complexity of the Arctic scenario, the preference for intergovernmental fora and the ambiguous interests and the roles of its players, the inadequate trinomial between an ecological global tragedy, an economic individual business, and a collective security race will tend to subsist and to increase its tragic effect over the environment. Well, very interesting. And yes, pretty much what I was just coming up with, unbeknownst to the fact that, uh, as it should be, other people are thinking along the same lines. And it is a great example of what I said, where a set of rules is not useful anymore, but a new one is not being adopted and the consequences have ripple effects uh, that are going to be devastating. So one of the reasons 
why this matters especially today is because the accelerating rate of technological change is making it even less likely that any organizations centralized powers are able to come up with the single choice that they should be making in how to apply these technologies in order to benefit everybody belonging to the organization. And here by organization, I mean an entire society like a country or a supranational organization like uh, the European Union or a community like a village or a family or um, a legal entity like a corporation or a multinational. And since none of these can have the answer that works, the only way to find out what does work is to carry out a lot of experiments. And these experiments will not happen in the center where the weight and the pressure and the responsibility of those experiments failing is maximum. Because the likelihood of the vast majority of those experiments failing is very high. So what is going to happen is that these experiments will necessarily be carried out either nowhere or at the edges of the network that is centralized, right? But what happens when those edges start experimenting is that they acquire one for one reason, one for another reason, a kind of power and autonomy. And especially today, with their respective ability to communicate to each other in a fashion that we call peer-to-peer, without having to go through a hierarchical connection inefficiently through the center, is that the center naturally weakens and the edges of the network, as well as their peer-to-peer -peer connections, acquire importance that is unexpectedly fast and unexpectedly strong even in those organizations where the center recognizes that this must happen. Look at Shanghai and Shenzhen started little more than 20 years ago, let's say 30 years ago, because in the 80s it wasn't but a fishing village. And it has become the most important socioeconomic experiment on the planet probably transforming the lives of hundreds of millions of individuals in China, far away from Beijing, with Beijing at the time believing that it was okay to run a limited experiment there because it was far, far enough. And it has been so successful that now it is being replicated not only in China, in other reg regions, within China, but across the world. The special economic zones 
and the startup societies that are being created in order to reap the benefits of independent experiments that try to leverage technologies where there is no given answer a priori and the various solutions and advantages and business models and and applications have still all to be worked out the other reason why this kind of arrangement that leads to decentralization as a consequence of the accelerating pace of technology is so important today is poignant and familiar to all of you because we are living under a pandemic that has been able to spread in a manner all over the world that we still haven't fully understood in terms of its consequences both on individuals and on our societies and it is putting under pressure a paradigm of globally interdependent maximally efficient but also necessarily brittle supply chains and these supply chains that stretch the globe that interconnect hundreds of different steps and uh, intermediate processes are now being confronted with possible alternatives that are more robust and more resilient whether we are talking about food whether we are talking about electronics production whether we are talking about communications infrastructure decentralized and locally consistent networks are going to be a necessary step in creating adaptable and fit socio-economic organizations in the immediate future there is no time to waste there is no alternative possible it doesn't matter if there will be a vaccine in six months a year two years whatever is going to be we must learn the lesson and we must take advantage of the fact that the pandemic has been even though devastating even though with still consequences that are difficult to calculate relatively benign and the next one may not be that benign can you imagine if after a two-week incubation 
the mortality, the fatality rate, rather than being 1% or whatever turns out to be at the end, would be 30% or more across all age groups. It's, it's uh, hard to imagine, but it could happen. It could happen. So, the next stage of socio-economic evolution is going to be necessarily based on decentralized, robust, peer-to-peer -peer technologies reimagining and re-implementing what the 20th century built in order to not only provide a new basis that is compatible with the circumstances that we find ourselves under, but in order to build something that is ready for our ambitions and dreams and challenges in the 21st century and possibly beyond. Not only the pandemic is a clear expression of the failure of centralized nation-states to carry out one of the most basic reasons for their existence. It is also totally clear that they are in general unable to cope with what is needed for them to deserve respect and obedience by the subject that they pretend have been born and must stay within the well-defined limits of what they, the nation-states, allow these subjects to dream about. And the other example that all of us have very clearly available to them is climate change. How is it possible that even though a set of nations have agreed to the meta rules and the incentives and some of the mechanisms, certainly perfectible, that would lead towards a progressive elimination of the reasons that we see behind climate change, others just say, well, you know what? I don't think so. I have cows. I need milk. There's grass. I will just keep bringing my cows to the grass and I will have them eat it all. And that is the best for me. That kind of blindness is incompatible with a future human technological civilization on this planet or elsewhere. We cannot but open our eyes to how suicidal that is. And there are many other examples. Let me just give another one, right? Even when the supranational rules are established, like the global treaties for the elimination of nuclear 
arms those treaties are not honestly enacted by the signatories like russia and the united states who committed in these treaties to eliminating the nuclear weapons they estimate that a few hundred warheads would be sufficient to maintain the mutual destruction threat that is supposed to be keeping peace today perversely why do they have 10 20 times what the minimum number would be what is the benefit of killing someone or as a matter of fact killing everybody several times over when 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 uh, when i negotiate a contract and 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 maybe the language is too complex or the stakes are too high or just because i have a fiduciary duty uh, and i and i send the contract to my lawyer i tell him don't list me 10 reasons not to sign it stop at the first you know when i go swimming in a shark infested water i don't need to know what is the 10th shark that will kill me the first shark killing me is enough so the same is with the, the nuclear warheads we don't need to kill every human 10 times over in order to achieve whatever perverse goal those are supposed to achieve in the first place but still russia and the united states and every other nation who has declared to having nuclear warheads and others that are working on them because they have observed that giving up on nuclear warheads can be pretty dangerous like Gaddafi in libya that uh, stopped uh, their their program and then was killed admittedly by his own people but still from the point of view of a dictator it possibly wasn't worth it and the next dictator will say wait a minute maybe there is a connection of cause and effect there i should not want to die as well as my family and as a consequence i will keep working on the nukes thank you so if the nation state has proven to be incapable of addressing the challenges that our civilization faces someone else must and we don't know uh, who's gonna do that but what is sure is that we should incentivize as many attempts as possible we should let a thousand flowers bloom in terms of of organizational decentralization of these attempts under different circumstances under different kinds of 
technology is being used under different business models, under different social contracts even, and see what works as fast as possible. So anytime you see some initiative that looks strange, that looks unexpected, that looks alien to your value system, before dogmatically believing that what you are being told that experiment should not even be attempted. Ask yourself whether it actually could represent the solution everyone is waiting for and everyone would immediately adopt if it turned out to be working. And that is one of the benefits of uh, the pressure that uh, the pandemic is putting all of us under. We are trying so many things that we wouldn't have attempted and few are ready to tell us that we shouldn't even try because they have a clear understanding of their own ignorance, instability, and, and difficulty in interpreting the present and even more so the future. So peer-to-peer -peer decentralized, resilient and robust technologies that lead to new kinds of socioeconomic organizations are part of our future necessarily. And what is the balance between centralized decision-making and decentralized decision-making is itself part of meta rules or maybe even meta meta rules that we have to understand because obviously that kind of decentralization and experimentation cannot be unfettered either. It is reasonable for it to be observed, analyzed, judged, and then adopted if working, not unconditionally. If working, I mean not a single solution, hallelujah, when it is found, but what I mean the method and the balance between centralized and decentralized. So the opportunity that we have is to look at concrete examples. And we have many, many examples of how this is already happening, whether it is solar photovoltaics in energy production and batteries or superconducting uh, coils uh, for transportation, distribution of energy, or cars, electric cars that represent storage and distribution of energy by themselves as they move around. Or in manufacturing, where 3D printing and digital manufacturing enables the creation of complex systems whose value is not proportional to the cost of manufacturing them, but can be out of proportion of 
our ability to learn about our health and apply what works on an ever more precise and individual level as well as connecting to each other in order to keep ourselves healthy as long as possible but also to understand what is the particular illness that can afflict a small group but wherever they are can find each other and provide support or get support peer-to-peer -peer learning really the almost pavlovian reflex that each of us should proudly exhibit of doing what i'm doing or whoever else who is just on youtube gabbing because they have something to say and it is totally up to everybody else whether they will listen and if they will then that person will do it again and and they will learn through talking others will learn through listening and talking themselves and commenting uh, under the the various videos and this is just one example of many other channels of communication we shouldn't vituperate social media by itself certain architectures are certainly worse than others and certain architectures are happily exploited in order to control in order to unduly influence but social media is powerful and peer-to-peer -peer platforms must be embraced in order to make social media less exploitative and more empowering and of course blockchain and its applications in the recent enthusiasm around DeFi, decentralized finance that is rebuilding and rethinking uh, the traditional functions of banking and the financial world in a manner that is going to be very hard to stop regulators panicking of course as they should and that panic hopefully leading them rather than to stamp out innovation to try to nudge it in directions that they believe are necessary and oversight on those regulations and regulators to make sure that they are not merely protecting incumbent interests but they are truly protecting the value of the commons and of the future we have so much to do i have no fear of ai and robots taking our jobs there's so much to do that we need all the help let's us each have a thousand ais and a thousand robots working together and supporting us in our goals or convincing us that their goals are worth uh, pursuing as well and seeking our help with whatever we do together there's so much to discover and so much human potential that we afford to go to waste today that should absolutely not be the case and it is not going to be the case we will through the help of ai empower billions of humans to discover their full potential 
and to embrace that potential where we will look back and say, do you remember that awful statistic where 80% of the people hate their jobs? And the answer is not going to be, wow, it is not be much better now. The answer is going to be, what are jobs again? We will work. I mean, we will work our asses off. There's the expression, workout. Workout is the very definition of the transformation of the human condition rather than toiling on the farm from sunrise to sunset and have a fit body, we are now embracing the gamified experience of gyms where we are working out in order to have a fit body, right? And there will be a lot of occupations that will be redefined by the fact that rather than being people enslaved to do what they don't want to do, it will be people who happily, joyfully choose to do what they do. And we need a lot of smarts in order to make sure that the matching is both good at the level of the individual as well as it is good at the level of society. So that's it for today. I hope that uh, you had some degree of fun in listening to this as I spoke about the commons and peer-to-peer -peer and accelerating technology and why these interconnected ideas are important for our future. If you like it, please uh, do subscribe to um, the YouTube channel that uh, you are possibly following. And uh, Maurizio, thank you very much for chiming in at the very end with your thank you. And uh, do also um, check out uh, both my other channels like uh, davidorban.com slash YouTube Italiano, as well as uh, participate in our community where we are discussing these topics on davidorban.com slash discord and join my Patreon on patreon.com slash davidorban at the various levels of support available as a fan, a supporter, a sponsor, or a benefactor so that uh, together with my team, we can keep enhancing and keep improving both within the constraints we have today as well as face the opportunities of tomorrow for content and thoughts and interactions that we are aiming to have uh, with all of you. So uh, thank you very much and uh, see you at the next episode of Searching for the Question Live, as well as, obviously, 
uh, we will absolutely uh, reschedule with uh, Michelle Bowens, who is going to be much more eloquent and uh, substantive uh, than me to talk about these topics and their uh, implications. Thank you.